Decameron Tales, directed by Claire McGuire. Sound design by Thomas Donahue. Recorded and mixed by Thomas Donahue. Attenzione! <gasps> e con grande rammarico che vi annuncio che la grande pestilenza ha penetrato la mura della nostra amata Firenze. The Black Plague has spread and has now arrived in Florence. Le leggi marziali sono in vigore con effetto immediato. Tutti i cittadini sono soggetti all'ordine assoluto di rimanere in casa ed evitare ogni tipo di contatto con il mondo esterno. Martial law is in effect. Everyone has to stay at home and stay the hell away from everyone else. Le notizie riportano di oscuri spogli, protuberanze sanguinolente e di umani divorati da maiali nel mezzo della strada. Jesus, uh, people are coming out in dark rashes and getting big lumps on their bodies and pigs are eating people in the streets. Dark rashes? I don't want any of that. Big lumps? Eaten by pigs? Do not panic. We're going to be all right. No, I'm not panicking. You're panicking. If we all remain calm, then we're going to be fine. And Philo! Oh, my God. Guys, I have an idea. I think the best thing for us to do in our present situation is to leave the city and all go stay in a villa in the beautiful surrounding countryside. Oh, yeah, 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 that's that's the we'll get away from this wicked plague. There we'll have fresh air. And hear the little birds sing. See the fields of wheat undulating like the sea. Be surrounded by a thousand trees. It's so beautiful. So calm. Oh, you can hear the little birds sing. Let's open a couple of bottles of Prosecco, sit back and relax. I don't think we should just spend our days and nights here drinking and playing games. What do you suggest we do instead? Well, Panfilo, I think we should tell stories. Stories? Yeah, all kinds of stories. Stories of love and loss, conflict and resolution. And funny stories. And rude ones. Don't start. Stories that we've heard or read. Exactimo. Now, Panfilo. Would you care to honor us with the first tale? No, 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 please. Not me. I don't know what to say. Amelia, why don't you tell us the story we heard in school? Remember, it begins on a dark night amidst a terrible storm. Wonderful. I love stormy nights. DNAO, crack open a few bottles there. Weather's gonna take us, please. Well, the heavens are pouring down. Make sure you look out for the treasure. The weather's gonna claim the boat. 
another look? Do you think he's dead? Quick, help me turn him over. Who do you think he is? I wonder if he is a sailor, or maybe even a captain. Looks a bit scruffy to be a captain. Help me get him up. I think he's a pirate. Where am I? You're on the island of Corfu. It's nice to meet you. Are you a pirate? Me, me chest. Me jewels. Me precious jewels. Don't tell me the sea has claimed it. Swallowed up by Chernobyl and the dreaded tempest that took me ship and me crew from... <gasps> Poor man, he's disoriented. Come on, you. Grab his ankle and we'll get him home. Give him a nice hot bath. Uh, unleash me, you foul sirens. I curse ye. May the Kraken drag you down to Davy Jones' locker where the crabs and eels feast on the dead. May Neptune summon waves to sink this island like Atlantis. Are you all right? Hello? 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 Sailing for Cyprus we were. The night had begun calm enough. I trusted me men to work at their leisure. And there I were, resting in the corners. When upon a sudden, I heard an ungodly crash from the sky. I went out on deck because I feared a storm was a-brewing. Avast! I yelled so the lads would have their wits about them. And in mere moments, the heavens opened furiously. Oh, how I shuddered to think of the horrid crime done to Poseidon to get him to unleash this monstrosity. Not he, nor Trident, nor Macmere was on our side that night. Batten down the hatchets, lads. It's gonna be a bad one. We sailed against the Tempest, fighting it as best we could, but it was no use. The winds were bellowing and the sea began to rise and fall, knocking against us with the force of a cannon. Men were dragged down to the bottom where no light shines, never to be seen again. And then we saw it. One wave, a hundred feet high, rising out of the water. It engulfed us like a predator to its prey. I strapped myself to me chest beforehand as I refused to die, poor man. And then in a blink of an eye, there we all were. Me, me ship and me crew sinking into the abyss. And then it all went black. And the next thing I know, I'm on that beach with ye. Isn't fate a funny thing? I always were lucky. I even still have me chest and all me jewels. And what lovely jewels they are too. Is your head feeling a little bit better now? I used our very best bandages. Ah, uh, I. Are you a nurse, is it? Mother and I have learned over the years to tend for injured soldiers and sailors, is all. Great. I've, um, I've never met a somewhat nurse girl, woman girl, before. You're great. Why do you look so strange? Shh, he's asleep. I think a certain someone might be in love with the certain someone who was mending that certain someone's bandages. And I think the other certain someone would be flattered by how much that person loves them. 
tomorrow I was going to tell him that he's well enough to leave. No! We've only just started to get to know each other. Yes, but I think he's just not that into you. Not again! Why does this keep happening to me? I'd make him an amazing wife. Whether he knows it or not, we have a connection. Listen, I know you're bored here on this island with me picking seaweed all day long. I wasn't born to be an islander. I long to feel the dirt and grime of a big city under my feet and that pirate could be my ticket out of here. I'm listening, dear daughter, and I think I have a plan. You could hide in his chest. We'll have to empty out the jewels, but you'd fit right in. He won't discover you until he sailed far, far away. And then he'll have to marry you. Yes. And then you could send the jewels back to us? Yes. Yes, of course. And the very next morning down by the shore... So sorry my daughter couldn't be here to see you off. She was quite taken with you. Oh, that's it. Mind your step now. She was up at the crack of dawn picking at the seaweed. You know how it is. Yes, there's your chest. All intact. Good luck now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. Ship ahoy. After sailing for a whole day and arriving at his destination that night, the pirate finally had time to open his chest full of treasure. But to his surprise... Ha! Out popped the girl throwing her arms around his neck. Surprise! The treasure. I'll be your treasure now. And she was true to her word. The girl became the pirate's biggest asset, opening a chain of emporiums, selling on their goods that they acquired while pirating the high seas. And what of her mother? Did she ever send back the treasure as she had promised? I certainly did not. She certainly did not. But after hooking up with a young pirate as a companion, spent her days draped in jewels, dancing on beaches and picking at the seaweed. In our tale from the high seas, parts were played as follows. Aidan Stevens as the pirate. Lisa Murphy as the daughter. Dimpna Heffernan as the mother. And Fiona Bergen as the storyteller. Ah, Florence Town. In years now past. Simona lived of lower class. A bright young thing, a maid intact. The girl she soon found love. In fact, it was the youth who sold her wool. Paschino was his name. The fool. Her poor old dad would not enjoy to hear his daughter love this boy. He knew not of Simona's crush, and so they kept their romance hush. She spun his wool, he spun her heart. They did not spend much time apart. One day they met by lover's gate, so they could their love consummate. 
Their friends stood guard to keep them safe from ears that listened round the place. Picnic in hand, he led her to a garden in which green grass grew. Let's lie under the sun, my dear, and have a bit of fun, my dear. Please take my hand and come, my dear. The lovers kissed and laughed and ate until their bellies hurt and ached. The merchant boy soon needed green, a luscious herb. Of course, to clean his teeth. An after-dinner treat. A bush of sage seemed sound and sweet. Paschino plucked off a ripe leaf. He chewed and rubbed it on his teeth. The jokester soon ran out of spark. His humour then had turned quite dark. The body filled with bile so thick, which black as night made body stiff. Cold eyes, puffed cheeks, and blotchy skin. The boy was dead, no doubt. The girl who never knew such pain could only scream and shout. Lagina heard, and Kuki ran to where the lovers lay. Their poisoned pal, grey on the ground. Simona was to pay. You killed him with your tricks, you witch. He loved you, then fell sick, you witch. Let's burn her like a wick. This bitch. The garden filled as townsfolk came, believing angry Kuki's claims and laments of Simona's act. They accused and they shouted back. But filled with grief, she spoke no word in her defence, and soon the herd arrested her and took her straight to Podesta, the magistrate. Now as we know, the girl was not the killer of this youth, but from the loss of her poor bow, she could not speak the truth. The judge, confused by stories told, went back to find the body cold. Simona was to demonstrate exactly what Paschino ate. Cold eyes, puffed cheeks and blotchy skin. The girl was dead. The judge, stupefied, stood shocked. How could a sagebush poison the pair? On the word of his command, the herb's roots raved with a flare. Buried below in the depths. And of extraordinary size was a toad with venomous breath. It was the cause of their demise. The couple were buried by their friends, who felt that they should make amends, and forever lived in harmony, in heaven, from shame.
living in such a beautiful place. The irony. It makes this place look a bit less magical. Things are bad enough in the world without depressing us with poems like that. I can't enjoy myself now. They really believed she would kill her own lover. It's like a strange prison, this place. We're free to leave, but where can we go? Well, it's better to be alive here than dying back in Florence. The beautiful poem was written by Sidney Welton. Recited by Sidney Welton and Emer Mullen Frew. <laughs>